0: Godly Home is uh, a grace broadcaster. It's Grace Broadcaster 170 uh, from Chapel Library from Mount Zion Bible Church. And I have no idea how many grace broadcasters uh, that they have. They put one out every quarter. So they put out four a year, and I, I don't know how many they have, but uh, they have plenty for a man and a woman to study. Uh, so let's pray together. Good Lord, I thank you for these men. I thank you for the families, I thank you for the marriages, I thank you for the homes that they represent. I thank you for Chapel Library, I thank you for this teaching on the godly home. And as we look at the teaching this morning from John Bunyan, I pray to the Lord that you would uh, teach us from it yourself. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. So, John Bunyan teaches a a couple of things about uh, the head of the family and what he's responsible for. So I want you guys to uh, be a little more interactive this morning than I've allowed you to be in the past. So if there's two responsibilities that a man would have in the home, what, what, if you've read the lesson, you know, but if you haven't read the lesson, what would, what would be a good guess for you about the, the two main responsibilities of a man in his home? Somebody somebody, give me a little input. And if you want to look in your notes, you can look in your notes. It's, it's right there at the beginning. Leading their family in spiritual uh, to To take care of the spiritual welfare of the family. That's first of all. Alright, what's the next one that's a, a little more uh, worldly speaking but is a necessity? Providing. 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 That's it. Okay, so a man has a responsibility to provide spiritually and to provide physically. Uh, a place to stay, food in the, in the house, clothes on the back. So that's exactly right. So uh, we'll cover these in the next two lessons, but today we're just looking at the spiritual state of the family. Why would we look at it first? It's eternal. It's, the most it's eternal. It's the most important. That's exactly right. So what happens if we're not real careful? As, as men living in the world, we'll just look at the temporary. We'll just look at what's visible. And we won't take care of the important things that are not necessarily visible. So, I want, you to, I want you to show me your Bible. Okay. I want you to show me your Bible. A man has got to become so handy with that Bible. Now listen to me. That you can teach your family everything they need to know. Are you got you got me? Now listen. So what what's that going? What's the uh, what's the repercussions of every man in the church getting to the place that they can handle the Bible correctly and teach their family? Tell me what the outflow of that in the church is going to look like. Unity, huh? Unity. Unity? Tell tell me something else. It's going to look like maturity. Maturity. What else? You're never going to lack for a man being able to teach in the church. You with me? Okay? Don't tell me you can't teach. You're going to have to teach in your family. Or you're not going to get married and have a wife and family to teach. Right? So you're going to have to learn to teach. Now, some people will be more gifted than others. But when you've got men that can handle the Word and is teaching their family, you'll never want for teachers in the church. One of the byproducts. So you must be able to handle it correctly. Now, listen to this. And apply apply the Bible to all situations. Everything in America today revolves around a word. Tell me that word that everything in America revolves around today. What what are y'all always hearing? What are we dealing with in America right now? What's what's kind of a buzzword? Racism. Okay, racism. The Bible handles racism. Let me tell you how it handles racism. There is no. There's not but one race in America. That's the human species. There's ethnic groups, there's ethnicities, but there's only one race of people, okay? So what we've got to understand is when people start running racism out, they have nothing to base that upon except opinions. And a man's even got to be able to handle that in his own family. So surely the caring for the soul must have a place of first priority, Right? The place of first priority. Look at Philippians 4.8. You've got it right there. You won't even have to look them up. Look at Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's what we want to bring to our family. Look at Proverbs 23.7. It's talking about King David. So, for as a man thinketh in his heart, what does it say there? So he is. Yeah. So, so and, and then I could have also put Jeremiah 17, 9 in there. What, what's the problem with the heart? In the flesh it's what? Wicked. Wicked, deceitful. Okay. So, we have got to take care of our own hearts before we can take care of the hearts of our family. So, talking in the home of the things of God must be commonplace. That was Jeremiah. What? Jeremiah seventeen nine is the one about the heart is deceitful above all things. All right. So let me let me say this again, y'all. Listen closely. Talking in the home of the things of God must be commonplace. It happens every day. It happens regularly. Okay. You can talk about school. You can talk about sports. You can talk about what's going on in the world. But God must be become, become something that routinely and commonly is spoken of. Here's what he said about uh, Abraham. Abraham. Genesis 18:19. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he's promised him. That's what's expected of every man. How about the man Joshua? I know this is one of Billy's favorite verses. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the God of your fathers, whether the God your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But it's for me and my house, we'll what? Serve the Lord. Every man's got to make that determination. And really, we would all... Would we have not all been better off if we had made that determination, y'all look at me, before we took a woman? Before we had kids, right? But what, what's Miss Jimmy say? If we'd have known better, we'd have what? Yeah, so all we can do now is realize that we didn't do it right, ask God to forgive us, ask those that we've influenced to forgive us, and what? Learn to do it better. Doesn't matter if you're Brother Bob in Linda's age, nineties and eighties, or or mine and Jeannie's age in the seventies, or Paul that's not married. We've got to now that we know to do the right thing, we've got to be we've got to be what? You gotta be, gotta doing be about it. doing it. Yeah. on or okay, so so this uh, this gets into how important this is. What we do at home is important because not only does it affect the home, but it also affects the what? Church. Church. All right, so listen to uh, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. And I promise you, this is one of those things. I can go to any church and preach this, okay, and do a bang-up job, and I'll never get asked back. Matter of fact, people don't want to talk about this at all because we're so upside down in in family worship. We're so upside down in talking about God in the home that nobody wants to talk about it. And and I'm pretty convinced, and y'all have heard me say this over and over there, Sunday morning will never become important to your wife and to your kids until God becomes important in your house. It's a joke. It's a joke that we bring our kids here on Wednesday night or Sunday morning and expect them to pay attention when God in His Word is never mentioned at home. It's a joke to them. 1 Timothy 3, 1-7 The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Uh, that is a man, that is a person that would, would be an elder, a leader in the church. Verse 2, therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, uh, even able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, gentle, not quarrelsome, nor a lover of money. So those are the requirements that we always talk about. Those are the requirements that we will disqualify a man from being an elder or a deacon. You you never you never talk about verse four. You, oh, you read it, and you uh, p- pragmatically uh, dismiss it, but it's never seriously discussed. Verse four: He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, here's the question. How will he care for God's church? So let me ask you this question: Do you see why we struggle with quote getting biblical leaders in today's church? Tell me what it is. How many men out of a hundred are teaching their family at home? Maybe one, two. Not many. We're not taught that. I didn't I wasn't taught that. Okay, so let's go on. He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into the snare of the devil. So let me tell you how we fix that. Uh, preachers that did not do that. Need to be man enough to confess it, repent of it, and still teach the church, just like abortion, just like divorce, right? We may have failed in what we did with those issues, but we yet must repent of it and teach the right way, whether we did it or not, right? It's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's hard to stand in the pulpit and tell your congregation that you didn't do it the right way. But this is the right way. And explain to them what that might be. Verse 7 Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into the disgrace, into a snare of the devil. First of all, a pastor must be sound and incorrupt in his doctrine. Next week, as we look at the Passover and the Lord's Supper, <clears throat> verses 26 through 30, which we'll start out today, we're going to look at five doctrines that are taught in the Lord's Supper. Five doctrines. Why? Because doctrine is what? Tell me the word. Important. You know what doctrine is? Doctrine is what you believe. And what you believe is important. Right? So men, men in the home have got to know, give me that word, doctrine. Not so you can teach in the church. But so you can teach correctly where? In the home. home. Okay, so let me tell you what what happened. What's happening. The ante for what is required of a man if he's going to marry a woman just went up, didn't it? All I'm going to do is marry her. I'm going to take her to church and I'm going to provide for her. Man, we missed the most important part. Titus 1.9. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine. Now listen to this other. And also to rebuke those who contradict it. You you know what that's saying? You've got to know it well enough to do what? Articulate it and argue it. Debate it. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Guys, I am I am absolutely amazed. And I've, I probably, y'all have probably heard this. I was a lost man. And uh, uh, probably James Dobson. Uh, because I think in 77, 78, I've just moved to Murfreesboro. And and so the church is watching a series that's still a popular today called Turning the Hearts Towards Home. Okay? And so... Out of that teaching, I became a Bible reader and a person of prayer, and I'm lost. And not only that, but by the grace of God, I had enough discipline to begin to read the Bible and pray with my wife and my one daughter at that time at home. So only by the grace of God, I did the right thing because I didn't know to do it. Okay, And we need to teach what the right thing is. Okay, so a pastor must be sound and incorrupt in his what? Not just the Bible, the doctrine of the Bible. Number two, a pastor should be apt to teach, to reprove, and to exhort. So should, so must, the master of a family. Wow! You see, you see why, you see why, uh, promise keepers and uh, wild game suppers and and all of these different things that we've tried didn't work. Because we had set the mark way down here. And now the mark is what? Way up here. The spiritual responsibility for a man and a woman does not fall upon the pastor or the church. Who does it fall upon? A man. The man of the house. Wow. So you see how you find your significance? Significance. Not in the not in the the most expensive, tallest, biggest, side by side, not the best duck blind, not the next the the the, the best uh, duck boat, not the best soccer player, okay? But what? Being a spiritual leader where? Yeah, At your home. And until we strive for that, we're gonna struggle as men. What do you give Abram? What did he do up with Abraham in chapter 18, verse 19? It says, I expect you to do what? Command your family in the way of the Lord. Would he not have that for us too? 1 Timothy 3 2. Therefore, an overseer must be above, therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober minded, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Deuteronomy 6 7, this is the Shema. No, look at this. You shall teach them. Who's them? Children. Your wife and your children. Uh, for these, back in those days, it would have been the household. And in the old days, the household would have included what? Y'all tell me about Bible times. They all had what? Servants. Servants. So they had a expanded home. Okay? It was a community. It was an agriculture community. And and it, it was a big group. That head, that master of that family, of that situation, had responsibility not only for his wife and kids, but those who... Work for him. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them. Okay. Now, you shall teach them. That's your children. But let's go back and get the correct interpretation of them. You shall teach what? What's he talking about? Them. The doctrines. The doctrines. Okay. So how did it start? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. These commands uh, that I've t- t- that I tell you about today are to be upon your heart. Uh, impress them upon your children. Talk about them. What? When you walk along the road, when you lie down, When you the things of God, okay? The them is the things of God. Dil- teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them. That's the things of God that you've got to know to be able to talk to your children about. And not just to teach them out of the Bible, But when you have situations that come up in your home, what do you use to talk to them about in the home? What do you use? The Bible. The Word of God. When you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Y'all see how easily I misinterpret that scripture? And I didn't do that intentionally, by the way. Okay? I had the them underlined. You see how easily you can miss it? You see what I'm saying? Okay, and that was a bad miss. I mean, you, you didn't miss it. I missed it, okay? All right, so a pastor must be sound and incorrupt in his doctrine. A pastor should be able to teach, reprove, and exhort, and so should the master of a family. And the number three, you've got them right there in your notes. A pastor must himself be exemplary, the idea of a model. All right. I don't. I don't care who Lewis wants Jack to watch and to model, but y'all tell me who Lewis, who Jack is watching and modeling. Yeah. Huh? You think that don't wear Lewis out? You don't think it ought not wear us all out? Huh? So we got to be quick to what? Y'all tell me that word. Repent. In front of who? Your kids. They know when you've done messed up. Ain't no use hiding it from them. Who else do you got to be quick to repent in front of? Their mama. Okay? All right. Exemplary. The idea or model. Now, how many of us are going to hit that? How many of us are going to hit that mark? The idea of the model? None of us. But we got something to shoot for, right? Because who's watching us? The Lord and our kids, so we got to be a model in faith and holiness, and so also should be the master of the family. We're talking about the pastor. You see how the pastor, of the church, is a picture of what? The pastor of the church is a picture of who? The man. In the, house. the man in the house. Yeah, they're vice versa. Okay, pictures of First Timothy three two through four. Therefore an overseer must be abrupt reproach, to the husband of one wife, sober minded, self controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but general, gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity keeping his children submissive. Tell me that's not Tell me that's not fun when they're thirteen or fourteen years old. But Thirteen or 14, Did you know that a 13 and 14-year-old needs you more than the baby out of the womb needs you? Because there's so much more danger. Listen, the older they get, the more they need you. 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no one despise you for your youth, Paul, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. What was said of King David? Look at Psalm one hundred one two. I will ponder the way that I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. You know what your kids? You know how your kids should describe you. They may not can use the word. Y'all give. Uh, be sure you get uh, Theo one of the little booklets. So so they they should. Okay, so let me tell you, about my, I tell you about my dad. Never took me to church. Never knew of him. Going to church, uh, a, a, a 90-year-old guy that I visit with, I had no idea. He said that when he got to be a grown man, he went to the Methodist church. I had no idea about that. I never know of my dad going to church or anything like that. But I do know this. He was an honest, hardworking man. That means he was a man of what? Integrity. All right? Our kids ought to know that we are men of integrity. That they can depend upon us. Okay? In what we say. Integrity. You've got the definition there. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Moral um, uprightness. It doesn't mean perfect. It means that when you are not a man of integrity, or you lie to them. How do we lie to kids? Tell me. We, we do what? By our actions. By our actions and we we promise them. We promise them that we're going to do something and we what? Don't do it. So what is that? That's lying. All right. So we're big enough men to apologize for it. That keeps our integrity among our children. Number four, the pastor is for getting the church together. And when they come together to pray and to preach to them. So what is the man of the house responsible to do? Y'all, y'all read that with me. Get, get the family together, and when they come together, to pray and to what? Preach. Preach teach to them. So these four responsibilities of the fat pastor fall right over to the men. A, a pastor ahead of the house must be sound and incorrupt in his doctrine. A pastor ahead of the house must be able to, apt to teach, to reprove, and to exhort. So should the master of the family. A pastor must himself be exemplary. That's ideal or model in faith and holiness. And so should the head of the house. And fourthly, the pastors for getting the church together, the head of the house is to get the family together on a routine basis and to pray and to preach to them. All right. Any, Any questions about where our responsibility comes from? Any any core any con- any conversation or questions about how pastor relates relates to the head of the house? Okay, who's the pastor of this church? There's three of us. Tell me, Tom, Bruce, Pablo. Right? Okay, so we're the we're the elders, the pastor of the church. Who's the pastor at my house? You. Who's the pastor at your house? You, you with me? You see the correlation? Okay. Somebody's shepherding the church, right? There's three of us. Well, it gets more serious at the home because there's only one at the home to shepherd, and that's you. Y'all with me? All right. Any, 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 uh, any discussion about the correlation of the two? All right. So, what did we prove? That if you don't do it at home, you're not. You can't do it at church. You can't do it at church. Now, how many churches? How many churches would have elders and deacons today if they went by those qualifications? So, we got to lower our standard, right? But when we lower our standard, we still got to Okay, the standard, the line, the mark is what? Always up here. We don't lower the mark because we don't have anybody qualified. We take the unqualified, let them do the work, but we're always moving towards the standard. Okay. So someone would say, but my family is ungodly and unruly, unruly, touching all that is good. What should I do if I have an unruly family? A family that doesn't want to follow? That's a good question, right? Pray? Yeah, that's a good place to start. No, all right, so this goes back to a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And I, I, I can't get the... The one word was to consider, okay you need to consider a woman before you are committed to her or before you begin to pursue her, right? Okay, really and truly, I think it's probably good for young women and young men, Paul, to uh, pursue a woman from a distance for a period when they don't even know we're pursuing them. Right. Are you with me? Because you want to see that they're a what? Christian, Christian, a follower of Jesus, before they know you're interested in them. Because I promise you, my wife thought she was marrying a Christian. She should have been more observant. Y'all with me? Okay. So what should I do? They may be unruly, ungodly, they may not touch on anything as good, but we, you, must still lead them and them not lead you. It's 1 Samuel 24, 2, 24, and 25. Oh, this is uh this, this is Eli and his two sons. And, and so let me ask you, who was the young man that his mama took him to Eli the priest and left him there with him? Y'all remember that guy's name? Samuel. Okay. The little boy is Samuel. Well, Eli corrupted Samuel. <laughs> and we're going to see that as we look at the scripture, okay? All right, so, First Samuel two twenty four and 25. No, my sons, it is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. So he had two sons they, they, he had made them priests. They were, uh, they were robbing from the offerings. They were offering up unholy sacrifices. They were sexually immoral. Okay? All kinds of things. And Eli did not deal with them. Okay? Then we'll go to 1 Chronicles. 1 uh, Chronicles 28, 9. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind, For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, you'll find him. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. So, uh, showing showing our son, showing our family actions is important. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You want your family to know that those are important to you. Now, uh, so so Eli's sons died: uh, Hophni and Phineas. Uh, Samuel's two sons, Joel and I'm not. I'm not going to come uh, get the others. But just as Eli didn't deal with rebellious children, and that's what Samuel saw growing up, neither did Samuel do, uh, deal with his disobedient sons. Who who else had problems with a son that wasn't disobedient? Anybody remember the name Absalom? Who was his daddy? Yeah. Okay, so, so it, 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 we have no excuse, just because our children are unruly or ungodly, we've still got to do all we can. What should Eli should, what should Eli have done with those two sons that were priests? should if, if rebuke wasn't enough, he should have removed them from office. Now it all worked out for a purpose, right? They, they went from having a, a priest to having what? Judges? And then what they want like everybody else? King, king. A king. So it all worked out by God's purpose, but but their actions are still... Okay, what happened with the Jews that killed Jesus? They were just following the plan for Jesus to die, but who got held responsible? They did. Okay? So just because it's God working a plan doesn't mean that we allow evil actions to happen in our lives or the lives of our kids. Look at Mark five nineteen. So he said, and he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So you, you need to talk to your children often about what the Lord has done for who? You. You. Okay. So the, the first one is uh, talking about objection. That they may be so that you must they may be unruly, but you're still challenged to lead them. And 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 I'll tell you what, guys, it it is a you you I think it was a challenge to raise my two girls forty eight and forty six years ago. I ain't seen nothing to what you you're doing. All right, so just listen I have a great granddaughter. No, I have a granddaughter that's twenty six years old. She has siblings that are fourteen. She saw nothing of what they're seeing. See how the times have changed in 12 years? So we've got to prepare them for that. We've got to talk to them about what we've gone through, what we've learned, and what we hope to pass on to them. Number two, they should see your love for the Lord's day and your love for and involvement in Sunday services. You know what? You know what kind of attitude, you know what kind of attitude anybody's children, including Jack, what kind of attitude they're going to have about Sunday and Sunday morning worship in church? What what kind of attitude they're going to have about it? It's important. The same attitude that, that say, parents, yeah. the parents have. We teach way more by our actions than by what we say. Genesis 35.3 Then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may, may make there an altar to God, to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I've gone. So Hannah carried Samuel to Shiloh, that he might abide with God forever. Uh, they, they got up and they went to the house of the Lord. They went up to where they were supposed to be. And not only did they get up and go where they were supposed to be, what do you think they had to do? They had to do it with the right what? Attitude. The right mindset. First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.22, but Hannah did not go up for she said to her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. You, you, you know what that woman did? She took this little boy, I, I don't know, five, six, seven, I don't know what age he was, and took him to the temple and left him. John four twenty eight through 30. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about being more spiritually involved with your children than any other way. John four twenty eight and 30. So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that he ever did. Can this be the Christ? So they went out of town and were coming to him. So who was this woman? The Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, okay. So as soon as she heard about the Lord, what did she go do? To, to tell who others the whole town right all right should we not be telling our families first of all I'm not I'm not being she didn't know this I'm not I'm not finding fault with her but if you'd go tell the whole town if I would preach before the church I ought to also be preaching where before my family <clears throat> number three if they are obstinate and will not go with you, then bring godly and sound men to your house. Acts 18, 7, 8 And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his... Okay, so Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. So, where did they go to preach and to teach? In the homes. So, do we not need more of this? Do we not need more of the going into the homes? Do, where, where homes are struggling, do we not owe it to those struggling families and to people to go into homes and teach them the correct way? Uh Bill and I made a visit Thursday night. And, and he'll tell you, just ask him. It was, it was an absolute blessing to he and I. I mean, things happen when you go into people's homes and talk to them about the Lord. They're in, they're in their comfort zone. 1 Corinthians 1.16, I did not baptize, did I I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else, a whole household. So, this was probably one reason for the teaching of house to house. Listen to Acts 10, 24. And on the following day they entered Caesarea, Cornelius was expecting them and had called together who? His relatives and close friends. Acts 20, 20, and 21. How did how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks to repentance towards God, in faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So if they won't come, right, we're to go. We're to share the gospel. Uh, Richard Baxter uh, wrote the uh, Reformed pastor. He wrote it in 1651, and it has nothing to do with Reformed doctrine. But he he moved to Kitty Mister, a village in England. And I, I don't know how big, how, how small But it is believed because of his philosophy and teaching from house to house that there wasn't one unsaved person in that town when he died. House to house. Some have before invited Jesus to their houses. Now, you've got the wrong scripture. You've got Acts 7.23. Can you imagine how I got Acts 7.23 out of what should have been Acts seven two through three, so if you want to turn in your Bibles to that, you can. Uh, that'd be a, that'd be a good exercise for, for for right now. Turn to Acts. I'm sorry, Luke chapter seven verses two and three. So, who wrote the book of Luke? Luke, Luke. Uh, who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Okay. So Luke seven two through three. Now centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death who was highly valued by him. And when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews asking him to come and heal his servant. All right, Luke 8, 41. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to what? All right, so there's a scripture... Uh, it's in James chapter 4. I'm not going to come to mind where it's at. But it says, if you're sick, right, do what? Call for the elders that they might come and pray for you and anoint you with oil. Right? I have been invited to houses to pray for the sick. It was obvious that they went and, and, and invited to the, the church, the religious people, to come and pray for the, the what? The sick, I've never been invited into a house to talk to the head of the house about the Lord to his family. So if we call for physical healing, should we also call for spiritual healing? Wow. See, I had it right below me. In the homes of those that have souls that need Christ to save them from death and eternal damnation. Now that gets to another point. Uh, this is not the place to talk a whole lot about this. But listen, I, I want to up the ante just a bit. Okay? I've told you that you have got the Bible to, to, to study the Bible well enough to know doctrine. Okay? I, I'm gonna up the ante just a bit. You've got to study your wife and kids in such a way that you know whether or not they're saved how do you do that? You look to see if the graces of God is at work in your children, your wife, at all. What would that look like? They love the Word. They love the Lord. They love to pray. They love to go to church. They're quick to repent. Uh, you, you You see some evidence that what? Christ is in here. Not perfection. Hey, listen, and I'll just tell you, when it comes to your g- kids and your grandkids, I, 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 I want to tell you, you've got to look hard to find the smite, <laughs> the, 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 what's that word? Uh, the, uh, just a little tiny bit of grace. Now, I wouldn't claim that for salvation, but I might claim it, I believe I see you at work, Lord. You with me? How can you rightly, honestly pray for your kids if you don't know what their spiritual condition is? I'm telling you guys, we have so, we have so under shot the mark for a man. I mean, even even for a man to be a good, honest, hardworking provider. That's not where he finds his significance. That's part of it. He finds his significance when he takes spiritual interest in his wife and kids. I would say, wouldn't you say, serious spiritual interest. Huh? Y'all tell me, this being a husband is not fun and games. It's what? Work. Work. I, I would say, for a man that works 50, 60 hours a week and has still got to do this, he won't need a whole lot of guns. He won't need a whole lot of side-by-sides. Uh, uh, let me just cut cut to the this. He won't need a whole lot of toys. For one thing, can't afford them. And secondly, he ain't got what? Time. He ain't got time for them. If you can't drag your wife and kids with you, you probably don't need the toy. James, uh, so in the homes of those that have souls, all right, now listen to me. For for Abraham, it didn't matter if it was his wife or his children or his grandchildren or, or the souls of his lowest servant. And those children, those children have a what? Y'all know the answer. Soul. A soul. And that soul is going to spend eternity in one of two places. You know what he's telling Abraham? Abraham, You're responsible. I tell the guys at the jail. Did you know that uh, that child that was fathered by a promiscuous man and was uh, conceived in the womb of a harlot. That child that was born has a what? So. James five fourteen. If anyone is among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. <laughs> I was just thinking about. <laughs> hey, if you got a rebellious kid at the house, if you want to shake them up. You might just mention, would you, how would you like Brother Bruce to come to the house and talk to you about this? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Wouldn't that Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Yeah. 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 Hey, let's, let's get Brother Bruce to come to the house and see what he thinks about this. Not only with kids, but with adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. long well, would like for me to bring Brother Bruce over here and talk to you? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. All right. Hey, see, if anyone is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Hey, just go offer up a good prayer for a rebellious teenage boy. I mean, in his presence, in his hearing, pray for that lost kid. God might what? God might work. He might hear the prayers, might change his heart. So if any, okay, let them call for the the church, let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Matter of fact, when we get praying, we're going to anoint you with oil, too. That that kid, that rebellious teenager would be throwing a fit. Tell me, Dad, what I've got to do to keep you asking him to come. They might even get teachable. Number four, take heed that you do not neglect family duties among them yourself. Okay? Listen. Listen. This is is the worst thing that's happened in the American, no, the Western church. This is the worst thing that's happened. This right here. The man has neglected the family duty that God gave who? Him. Him. Every great awakening, you know the product of that? family worship every great awakening family worship i'm telling you guys the church even in america is on life support the the church i'm talking about the local church i'm not talking about christ church but the local church is just every now and then the water is going down over their nose every now and then they'll get up enough to get a breath and that will continue The church will continue to be on life support. Your your family will continue to be on life support until you start teaching them about the Lord. Number five. This is a good one for today. Do not allow any ungodly, profane, or heretical books or discourse in your house. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Genesis 35, 2. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. I heard this from a Church of Christ preacher. He has a 14, 15-year-old boy. He's 6 foot and 180 pounds. Okay. And so he came into the house and, and dad said, let me see my phone. Let me see my phone. And the boy said, this is my phone. He said, he said, no, I said, let me see my phone. So he gave it to me. He said, I bought it, and I paid the bill on it. <clears throat> this is my phone. Okay. Now, here's what impressed me. Do you know where that kid's phone is after supper? It's on the counter where everybody else's phone is. If you're gonna give them a phone, you at least need to teach them whose it is, okay? Who pays the bill on it? And when they don't use it right, you can take it back. Guys, listen. If 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 that, and I, I promise you, that 14 year old boy, every every time I don't know how it all works, every time he clicks. That click goes to his mama's phone. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you do all this. Okay. Listen, young people are not mature enough, are intelligent enough, or have the wisdom not to know what to partake of and what not to and what to partake of. You've got to teach them. Okay. I, I can tell you a story, and I won't tell you. Okay. So. Uh, plus for us I mean how much time do I have for how much time do I have to surf the internet? Not much do I? Uh, So it doesn't matter if it's parents or dads that are not taking enough time to be in the word or moms and uh, romance or you know it used to be a soap opera does anybody watch soap operas anymore? Anyway, it used to be a big deal. Yeah, it still did. Okay. All right. So the books and Acts, Acts 19, 18, and 19. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it to come to 50,000 pieces of silver. Uh, You know, the TV used to, I would have, uh, uh, yeah, you know, we probably ought to put a bounty on, we should have put a bounty on TV years ago. Everybody brought them, you smashed them. We probably ought to put a bounty on uh, young people that have cell phones and call them in and smash them. We're responsible for what our kids have and what we allow them to bring into our home. They are not old enough to know. And and look, the the uh, the excuse, well everybody else has one is nothing but hogwash. So let me ask you the question, how is it how easy is it just to give in to what everybody else is doing? What what do we do? What have we done sexually? I mean, everybody everybody now is living together before they get married. We, we condone it. We don't even look the other way. Oh, it's so easy. It, it, we don't want our kids to hate us. We don't want them to leave. Oh, and it gets complicated. Then you got a divorce in the situation. And you're thinking, if I get on them too hard here, they'll just go live for their mama. There's another threat for divorce. Right? How much, how much input do we have sometimes? Not near what we are, what we want to have, huh? That'd be the word. Okay. Now, let's go back to particular number four. Just look back up to you find number four. Take heed... That you do not neglect family duties among yourselves. Don't get married. Now, now look, it if you're not gonna do this, it'd been better off you not go you'd not be here this morning. Because now that you know you're re- what? Responsible. Responsible. Hey, not only that, guys, but but uh, this godly homebook. Every one of you that you put in another man's hand, we'll buy it for you. Tell them how this has blown you away. We need a revival of this. Hey, guys, it's kind of blown to the wayside now. They can't even decide who's in charge of jails and prison in Arkansas. So they've they quit talking about building prisons, okay? And, and y'all know I've been going for the, to the jail for a couple of days, right? Listen, I'm convinced of this. Nobody is raising the kids. And the ones that we allow to raise the kids are corrupting them and destroying them morally. Y'all with me? Okay. If parents, if a man and a wife would get married, then have kids, stay together, and raise those kids, we would be closing prisons rather than building new ones. Hey, why do you think the government wants mandatory daycare? The sooner they can what? The sooner they can get your kids. Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to close with this. The neglect of the fourth particular... And that, the neglect of the family duties of raising the family of the noble Lord by the head of the household has brought ruin on many families. This is a quote uh, from Bunyan, I would say. Take heed that you do not neglect family duties among them yourself, as reading the word and prayer. If you have one in your family that is gracious, take encouragement. You know what that means? You got ten kids and just one of them seems interested. Put your ears back and go for it, man. Titus. Okay. It's because the devil is always what? Out to kill, steal, and destroy. Hey, listen. And he don't sleep. He's working on us and our kids twenty four seven. He's just he's just right around there. Is that not what the scripture says? He's so that be for he, your kids. Y'all know how the devil is just around the corner and waiting on us? He's waiting on your kids. Titus 1.10, For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. So, today, we've looked at what you ought to be doing spiritually in your home. Next time that we meet together, uh, probably be the third Sunday of next month, we'll look at the the, the provision of things for your family. Any comment or, or question as we close? All right, so we're only on page 17. So if, if you missed any of the, the, I mean, what, tonight, this afternoon, you can be caught up, okay? We just do two or three pages at a time. Remember what I said. Read the book, embrace the book, talk to other people about it, especially men with families. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for John Bunyan. I thank you for his willingness to teach and his, his oh, his infinite wisdom. I pray to the Lord that uh, you would continue to bless uh, Chapel Library, Mount Zion Bible Church uh, as they put out uh, good uh, biblical teachings from men of the past. I pray that you'd bless that. I pray that you'd bless these men. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you'd exhort them. I pray that you'd take this study in our church and take this study on a sermon audio and do with it what you see fit to do. For we love you and we praise you and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.